Welcome to today's episode of Healing and Growing Hand in Hand podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Tickle. Today's guest is Shirley Buck, and Shirley is a mindset coach specializing in trauma, childhood trauma and abuse, right? You're also a Reiki master. This podcast is about um, people being able to share their stories of, of healing and growth. And so today, Shirley is going to share her story with us today of her healing and growth. So welcome, Shirley. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about yourself first, and then you can share your story when you're ready. Great. Thank you. Uh, my name is Shirley Buck, like you said, and um, I am a mindset coach specializing in trauma and abuse recovery. I am also a Reiki master. Um, I believe in the mind, body, and spirit healing. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a three-month course that I created uh, from things that I've learned over 30 years that mm-hmm. helps people to change their mindset no matter what their setbacks are. Um, I believe you have to start with your mind um, before you go anywhere else with any kind of journey. So, Mm -hmm. um, it sounds a bit cliche, but when you change your mind, you change your life. And that is very, very true. It's very true in my life. I can completely agree with you. Yes. Yes. And my course is simple. That doesn't mean it's easy to do, but but it's a simple course and it's a fun course. It doesn't have to always be serious and humdrum and, you know, hurtful. You know, I like people to have fun and to enjoy the journey while they're right. on it. Right. Because it is a journey and it's a long absolutely. one. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So what is the name of your course? Uh, the North, the course is just uh, my 90 day empowerment course. Mm. And I also wrote a book about my story to show um, what I've been through and what I was able to accomplish through changing my mindset. Uh, My book is called uh, Sweet Freedom Whispered in My Ear, and it'll Mm. be published on October 4th, but um, that tells my whole story, and at the end of each chapter, it talks a bit about the tools that I use to overcome certain things in my life. Um, I myself had been through years of severe abuse and trauma, and I had never went to a traditional therapist or used any meds I strictly healed from learning how to change my mindset and once I started in it's over 30 years of research I mm-hmm. learned how to change my mindset to you know starting with positive mindset and and it just led into learning the laws of attraction and manifestation and uh, it just leads to some wonderful wonderful things and when you learn you can create your life, you take ownership and yeah. you take ownership of your life. You learn self-love, <laughs> you learn to create your life. You, you, you really do become an empowered person. Right. 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 I know. I was just thinking that, you know, changing my mindset helped a lot and <clears throat> excuse me. And with any kind of abuse, um, you are not going to have a positive mindset and, you know, an example I I had someone use one time that really kind of caught my attention as far as how important the mindset is, is if you sit and you think about anything negative, right? So if I sat and I just focused on something negative that's going on in my life, it's not going to physically feel good. It is physically going to have a reaction on me, right? Absolutely. 
And yet, like today, we got some really good news about something that we've been waiting for. My husband and I were really excited and that felt good. And when I sit and I think about that, that feels good. And right. that gives me energy. Right. And in my teaching, I do teach uh, about the emotional scale. So when you aren't feeling good and you're feeling kind of sad or down or off, once you learn to be aware of your mindset, you can stop and say, hey, wait a minute, what am I focusing on? What am I thinking about? And it'll always align with the way you feel. And once you kind of climb up that ladder and start thinking more about gratitude and things that are, that you actually enjoy and you change your mindset, you will see that your, your body, your emotions, it all reacts to that, you know, and just like turning on your favorite song and dancing to Mm -hmm. it, it just makes you feel good. Mm -hmm. And, And that's being in alignment with your inner being. And when you're in alignment, that's when you feel good. So there is an emotional scale and being aware of where you are on it is important. Learning to be aware and learning about ourselves. So let's talk a little bit about your journey, because I know with me, my journey started at 19 really is when I kind of became aware of, hmm, things need to change. You know, things aren't okay. And that's kind of where I began my, my journey. So how did you figure out about your mind? When did this start? Well, like I said, I myself had been through years of severe abuse and trauma. I was born to deaf parents. They were both deaf. Mm -hmm. So that in itself poses a challenge because you become their ears and their voice at a very young age. Um, it puts a huge responsibility on a child mm-hmm. and you don't really grow up playing and, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you take on very serious roles. And Caretaker. Instance, yes. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> for instance, when I was five years old, my parents got a divorce and I was the one who had to interpret it. So that's um, kind of an mm-hmm. idea of the responsibility I had mm-hmm. to take on at a young age. Um, but that's not really where the abuse started. My mother had remarried a man who talked her into selling the home that our, my father had left us. And he put us in a roach infested apartment, took the money and left. But he um, he molested me before he had done that. And my mother was so devastated that you know, all our money was gone. Our home was gone. She started drinking heavily. And so by the time I was eight, she became a very abusive alcoholic. She'd be gone for days on end and she would come home and she would beat me because she was so angry because she blamed me. She would say things like, the only reason I had you was to try to make this marriage work with your father. And she just Mm. was always angry with me when she was drunk, when she was sober, she'd be, I'm sorry, I don't want to hurt you, things like that. So um, I was pretty much in charge of writing out the rent checks and, and we would, we were on social Mm -hmm. security and welfare and she would sell our food stamps for alcohol. And, you know, I, I pretty much grew up on that government cheese that they haven't, you know, that you used to get and that was always in my fridge I remember when I was hungry I ate a lot of that um yeah but she committed suicide when I was 13 years old sorry um 
violently, which women usually don't do. Women mm-hmm. usually make sure that they look, you know, what they don't, they don't want to be found in a disarray. So mm-hmm. she had stabbed herself repeatedly in the stomach and oh throat. My God. And she tried to take my life the same night. So um, the people who lived in the basement broke in to save me because they heard a lot of screaming. This was like at two in the morning. And uh, I don't even know, remember how, because she was, you know, punching me and, and it was just very, very violent night. And I don't even remember how I got to the door. And when I turned around, I, I saw that she was stabbing herself. And by the time the police came, you know, she she was gone. She was gone. So um, that in itself, obviously, is very traumatic, especially mm-hmm. for a 13-year-old girl. And I felt a lot of guilt because I was her caregiver. I was the one who was supposed to take care of her. And that was the reason I stayed. I didn't go live with my dad or I I didn't want to desert her. I wanted to help her. Mm -hmm. And I felt that I had failed. So I moved in with my father who recently had remarried like six months before my mother had died. He remarried somebody and they had already had a child together like six, seven years prior to that. And she didn't want me to eat there or wash my clothes there. And she would, you know, if my father would set a food, food, a plate of food in front of me, she would take it away and throw it in the sink and run in the bedroom and lock the door. And he would chase after her. And it was a, a huge argument all the time. So, and she was deaf as well. So I told my father, look, I, I'll just stay out and stay out of your way you know, and I'll come home at night and sleep. I don't want you guys to fight. You just got married. And there's something about um, most, I don't want to classify and say all deaf parents, but most deaf parents, at at least back then, especially, um, they, he was like, okay, thank you. (laughs) Instead of saying, no, you're my daughter. I want to take care of you. Right. So I got a job with a local grocery store owner and I work there after school. I get there like around 3.30 and I'd be be there till eight or nine at night. And he would give me $10 a day and I would eat out on that $10 at fast food and I would save the change and do laundry at the end of the week. And I worked for him for two years. Well, for those two years, he he also molested me for two years. but other than that 10 or 15 minutes we were in the back, he was my only friend, the only adult that was taking care of me. He'd bring me lunches sometimes, you know, like sometimes people don't realize that the person who makes you the victim is sometimes your only friend when you're a young child as well. Right. And that's what makes you so vulnerable. Right. And confused. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there was a man that would come in and play video games and talk to me. And he was 25 years old and I was 15 at the time. I was already there two years. 
And he started to tell me he had feelings for me. He loved me. He cared about me. He wanted to take care of me. And of course, being 15 and in the situation I was in, mm-hmm. I thought, well, that's great. You know, I, mm-hmm. I felt like, wow, somebody loves me. And, you know, yep. he told me he couldn't have children. He was sterile and I had nothing to worry about. So four months later, I was pregnant. And of course, he didn't want anything to do with the baby. So um, I lived with my grandmother and I gave my son up for adoption. Um, I found him probably about 10 years ago. And uh, we talk occasionally on the phone or through Facebook. But he, uh, it's, it's nice to know that he's okay and he's doing well. Um, so anyway, after I, I knew I couldn't keep them because I really had no stable place to live. And, uh, after that, I basically lived in friends' cars, you know, I partied a lot. I, mm-hmm. um, became addicted to drugs and alcohol and I been through eating disorders. I've been everywhere from 70 pounds on the scale to 200 pounds, um, I was a wreck, but didn't know it because I was just partying with my friends, you know, mm-hmm. and just getting through, you know, partying, thinking everything's okay. And uh, at 18, I got a job at, um, uh, I was a machinist with Steelworkers Union and I was making good money. So I got a, a, I bought a car, I got an apartment and I started to improve my life. I was still partying pretty heavy. I was, you know, but I was making money. I was responsible. I paid my bills. I was thinking everything is Mm -hmm. is going okay. Um, I met someone who was responsible, was grounded, was a good guy at work. You know, I, before that I'd been through, you know, dating guys Mm -hmm. in and out of relationships. And to me, it didn't really hurt me when relationships ended. I was usually the one who ended it because I felt like, well, after everything I've been through, how could you possibly hurt me? You know what I mean? I I felt really numb. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Right. I Mm -hmm. was very numb to relationships or love. I, it didn't, it really didn't resonate with me, Mm -hmm. but, um, I met my children's father and uh he was a good guy i was 23 years old and we moved in together and i guess i felt safe i guess i felt loved i felt like i loved somebody it was a new feeling for me mm. but that's when i had my nervous breakdown maybe because i felt safe maybe exactly because I felt someone was there to take care of me you can finally I, let go right and mm-hmm. I completely broke down. It was the most terrifying time in my life. It was way more terrifying than all the things I had been through. It, mm-hmm. I literally thought I was going to go crazy. I thought my life was over. I didn't want to live. I didn't want to get out of bed. It was, I don't even know why he stayed through that whole thing. Um, but it, it was, it was really tough. It was really a tough time for me. Um, I really didn't know I would make it, but that's a lot built up over a lot of years that you had never worked through. And so now your body just, right. We're going to deal with this now. (laughs) Right. And it, 
it was absolutely terrifying. Mm -hmm. So um, I didn't want to go to a traditional therapist and get on meds. And like, I was just Mm -hmm. finally starting to not drink as much, getting off of drugs, doing, you know, just wanting to start a life, you know, with him, build a family. Um, So I wanted to go a different route. The, so I just started ripping through and devouring all these self-help books. And the first mm-hmm. book I came across was the Feel Good Handbook. I can't remember the author. I remember what it looks like. It had the, a picture of the author on the cover. But it gave me exercises and it made me not feel so alone because it explained all the different types of mental illness, mental mm-hmm. anguish that other people went, you know, are going through or mm-hmm. went through. And became well, you know, was healed, was, uh, you know, became, uh, I don't know, clear, had clarity, happy. Mm -hmm. So I didn't feel so alone. So I thought, okay, if they can do it, I can do it. I did all the exercises. I started feeling better. And that started a whole progression. And at 25, I had my son and that just opened a whole new door in my soul like I Mm. loved something so completely so I I couldn't believe the feeling I had yeah and my daughter came along two years after that and I was just in heaven I just had these two little beings I loved and just cared about so much um unfortunately my husband and I we we didn't we didn't last. When my children were two and four, we got a divorce. And it wasn't because of any abuse, um, infidelity. Uh, he started to get very caught up in life, you know, working mm. on the house, working. He paid no attention to me and the children. And I just felt more lonely than I ever mm-hmm. felt being married. And I just... I'm, I just wanted a divorce. Um, one of the things he said to me is, well, you're going to end up in a crappy apartment and you're, you're not going to be any, and, and I, that I think right there mm-hmm. was my decision. Like, I'm going to show you what I can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to do things <laughs> different. Mm-hmm. Right. And back then people used to say to me, how do you do that? You say you want something to happen and you, and it happened. Like you wanted a boy and then you wanted a girl. You wanted like, and, and I, and back then I didn't know what manifestation was. I didn't know yeah. the laws of attraction. I just did it. And cause I started to do the work to change my mindset. Mm-hmm. So when I, I was doing work for a couple of years already changing my mindset and doors were just opening, things mm-hmm. were happening. Um, you know, I bought a home for me and my children and I always provided a good home for them. I took the, as a single parent, I took them on vacations, Hawaii. Cancun, uh, Wales, you know, and um, I, I worked hard, but I could always think outside the box. Like I had a dog walking business. I had, you know, just all this stuff. And um, when I started to actually learn about the laws of attraction and manifestation, it kind of tripped me up because now I knew how it worked. Now I had to think about it. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, I used to do this without thinking. And so I had to go like back to the basics and start all over again. Um, 
you know, and I, I went through energy work. I, I did a lot of, uh, a lot of Reiki, a lot of energy work. I talked to mediums. I just did everything. I just searched and searched and searched. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. over the years, I learned how to love myself. I, that didn't even come at the, you know, 25, 26. That came a lot later. Yeah, me too. Yeah, the empowerment, the loving yourself, mm -hmm. uh, being able to be on my own and not feel lonely. Yes, wow, that empowers. That's me. huge. That's, that's huge. That is so empowering. I, I, I can't tell you. I mean, you can be in a room full of people and feel completely lonely. Absolutely. And, and I don't experience that anymore. No. That, that is huge. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. And my children and I are very, very close. We have a really tight knit family. In fact, I'm still close with their dad. He's, he goes on family vacations with us. So nice. Uh, yeah. And he helps. Um, I have my grandchildren three days a week, you know, so I'll drop them off with him at, and he'll show up at my daughter's house. And we we work as a team, all of us, the whole family. We work That's as wonderful. a team. Yeah. And it's, it's just a beautiful life that I created through learning how to change my mindset. And I, I will say that, like, um, like I said, it's a simple process. It's not easy. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things I, I did an exercise I did is I went back and I visited the child me as a child me too yeah yeah and I was watching my mother hitting me and and, mm. and I and I grabbed that child mm. and I said oh my god you are so strong you are so smart you 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 are gonna have a wonderful life like don't be afraid and I held her and told her how much I love her mm -hmm. and then when you do that you realize hey wait a minute that's me why don't yes. I love me I love that little child I, that child was helpless. Mm -hmm. Why am I blaming myself? Why am I hurting mm -hmm. myself? Why? So that was huge for me. That was a mm -hmm. first step. And um, another thing I, I came to learn was the past really doesn't exist. I mean, it exists, but it really doesn't exist unless you give it thought. You so, give it power, right? You give it thought. Yeah, mm -hmm. if you don't give it thought, it's mm -hmm. not there. It doesn't exist. Right. So, mm -hmm. you, so you can choose to remember the good things. You can choose to dwell on the bad things. But if mm -hmm. you give anything thought, you are letting it exist in your life. So when the abuse stops, you continue to live that abuse because you are you're keep thinking about it. You keep right. reliving it. You don't right. need to do that anymore. You can move on and learn to love yourself and have a beautiful life. And I think that so many people who've been through trauma and abuse don't know that they feel, yeah, you know, they feel trapped. They feel like their life is doomed to, you know, depression and anxiety. But, and that, that's why I decided to do what I do now is to show people. And, and that's why I wrote my book, my whole life stories in there. And it's obviously a lot more has happened than what I can share in this short moment. Sure. But, um, I wanted people to realize, you know, I've went through all this and I'm happy and I have a beautiful mm -hmm. life and, and so can you, mm -hmm. you know? So that's kind of my story in a nutshell. Well, that the, the, there's a couple of things that come up that I wanted to say, and, and I think you'll agree. And I think everybody's going to probably get tired of me hearing this, but um, I, I'm a firm believer that in order to begin your healing, you have to have self-awareness. 
right? Absolutely. And I mean, how can you realize, like, I, I can remember you were talking about how people just feel trapped. And mm -hmm. I can just remember feeling like I kept walking up against a wall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do I get through this wall? Like, this is a huge brick wall. How do I get through it? And I literally, that's what I envisioned. And that's what, you know, and, and that's, that's a scary place, but you know, this is wonderful what, what you're sharing. It's, it's, Thank it's you. amazing. And, and I'll say, you know, what comes to me too is beauty from ashes. Yes. You have made beauty from the ashes of your childhood, oh, thank you. Thank you. you know, and that's what this podcast is really about. It's, it's about people sharing their stories of hope. And yeah. it was horrific what happened to you. And I'm, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Well, thank and, you. you know, and I, and I think we need to say that to each other, you know, and just that, that, that empathy, right. And the fact that you were talking to your little girl, I was doing the same thing. And there is something huge about that. There really is huge. And I'm now, I worked with the little Lisa and now I'm working with the teenage Lisa because the abuse that happened to little Lisa was different than the abuse that happened to teenage Lisa. And that right. one was pretty, it was probably the worst of it, you know? Right. And so I'm kind of working with her and with little Lisa, there was a couple of things like she didn't have a voice, right? Mm -hmm. That got shut down and nobody protected her. Right. And I imagine when you, you went in and you were grabbing your little girl and telling her that, and you were protecting her and you were empowering her and strengthening her. And that was a game changer for you. Right. It really was. It really was. And like I said, that was the first moment that I realized, hey, wait a minute, I do love myself because that little girl is me. And then I'm like, oh, I could dig deeper and I can love all of me. I can love me as a little girl, as a teenager, as an adult, as an mm -hmm. older woman. Like I can, I can love myself. That's huge, you know, and, and taking ownership. I, I think, um, you know, as a child, you can't take ownership because you, you're kind of just, you know, vulnerable and you, but as an adult, when your life is really hard and, and really uh, challenging, it's, it's hard sometimes to say, Hey, I'm causing this because you don't, right. you, you don't want to say I'm well, of course I wouldn't make myself miserable. Of course I wouldn't make myself right. depressed, or, but but in reality, we are the creators and, and mm -hmm. we, we create our life. If it's miserable, it's because we are not doing what we need to get out of it. We're, we're placing blame elsewhere. We're not taking ownership. Ownership, self-love, awareness, knowing what the emotional scale is, knowing where you're vibrating on the frequency, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. it, all of that is so empowering and so worth yes. learning it to take the time and do it because you know it, it's just a life changer I would have never imagined when I was a teenager that I would have a life that I absolutely adore you know and um I feel like anyone can have that you know even you know, as a, go ahead no go ahead go ahead I was, I was just saying like, even as a young adult in my early twenties, I didn't know how good it can be. And, right. and that's why I've taken all these years, like 30 years of me studying this, learning and growing and growing. And I, I created this three month course. So someone doesn't have to go through the three years of right. 
or 30 years of learning suffering <laughs> right right yeah. i i want to help others achieve that happiness right you know in the shortest amount of time possible that's funny because of what one of the things one of the reasons why i created this podcast was if i can get a message out that will shorten someone's pain yes right yeah that's wonderful and, thank you for doing that yes and you know and, and you know you were saying earlier about you know not feeling empowered and and i can just remember thinking you know things weren't fair and i felt so frightened and confused and didn't know what to do and helpless i felt so helpless that's that's the, that's the word yeah and when you were saying this is what came to me and when you were talking about how you know people they take the victim mindset which is exactly what i did I can't imagine anything more disempowering in your life than having the victim mentality. And by taking ownership, you're taking the power back yep. and you are able, you're always able to control this, right? And you are able to take your life in a different direction. You can slow things down because a lot of times we react to stuff because we're triggering, right? And it's not going to be healthy, but we can stop and we can change that course. And it is empowering. And once you realize it, it's not everybody else's fault, <laughs> you know, <laughs> these right. things, you know, that, that all this stuff, it's terrible happening. that they did those things. And of course we all want them to be held accountable, whether they are or, right. or not, but whether they are held accountable or not has nothing to do with our healing and Correct. our journey. So we can, same. we can still triumph whether they have justice or not. Correct. Absolutely. It's the same thing with forgiveness, right? We can forgive our abusers without saying a word to them. We do not, you know, especially if an abuser is still an abuser, you do not want to be around them, no, but no. you absolutely can work through the forgiveness and the forgiveness is not cut them loose from what they did at all. It doesn't diminish at all what they did. It is 100% right. for you. you right. Know, for your healing, right. And you I know. think, I think the most important thing is in forgiving ourselves. Yes. A lot of times we hold on to that. And I, I think that's what makes us not be able to forgive someone else is because we can't forgive ourselves for Correct. allowing ourselves to be in that situation, allowing ourselves to be a victim, but being vulnerable is actually, I mean, there's more strength in being vulnerable than there is in being guarded. That's what Correct. people don't realize when you're mm -hmm. being vulnerable, that's a beautiful thing. Just because yes. someone takes advantage of it doesn't mean that you're the one at fault. Correct. And, and to, to become that person that says, I'm not going to show anybody anything anymore and build those walls. Well, that's kind of, you know, a way that's going to hurt yourself. Totally. And, and it's not really hurting anyone else because someone who cares about you and, and loves you comes to you and you have these walls up, they're just going to say, okay, goodbye. So how does that help you? It just hurts you. Right. Never you stop wall. being vulnerable. Just learn how to have boundaries while right. you're vulnerable. Right. So exactly. that's, that's the important thing. Yeah. I remember when I first started learning about boundaries and it was, you know, because as children, when we were abused, our, the boundaries. Yeah, no, yeah were, no boundaries. there were no boundaries, right? There were no boundaries. No. And so we didn't learn as children about boundaries. And not only did I not 
set my own boundaries, but I didn't see other people's boundaries, right? So I just walked right all over them and made kind of a mess of things, you know, and forgiving yourself is that's huge because I talk about that a lot too, because I'm still working on forgiving myself for my behavior that I did in my, when I was in my survival mode, because I really was, I was in a survival mode up until about six or seven years ago and, (laughs) you know, didn't realize it. And you do things in your survival mode that you wouldn't do outside of your survival mode. And, you know, and, and going back and making amends with some people, it's not like I did like horrific stuff, but there's no, stuff no. I'm just not proud of at all, right. you know, and right. like I, for some people I have to go and apologize, you know, and it was right. just like those, those experiences, even though they're, we're not proud of them, they added to our personality yes. and our strength and what we learned. And right. sometimes we can't, we would not have learned as much as we have and we wouldn't be able to help others had we not been that person so you know just being easy with yourself and and you know compassionate with yourself and we're so easy you know it's easy for us to be compassionate to other people wow you've been through that yeah. Oh, well, I totally understand why you acted that way. You know, it's totally fine. But when it comes to ourselves, we're not as forgiving or compassionate and we need to be, we need to be. Mm-hmm. And another thing that I recognized, and this was actually recent is one of the abusers voice was in my head and I caught it one day and it was something because it is, you know, it used to be for me, God forbid, I make a mistake. And then I would just beat myself up over it. Right. Just for days. Um, I don't do that anymore, but it still comes up. Like you still, you know, I wish I hadn't done that. Right. And I, and it was something I did and I, I got that thought. And then all of a sudden I heard the voice and it was the first time, like I separated it from me and recognized that it was the, one of my abusers that was just trying to shred me Mm-hmm. for the mistake that I made. It was the, literally, this was probably, empowering, isn't it? it was so empowering because that, that happened this year that happened this year. And, and I'm, I'm just, I'm just remembering that moment and just, it was, it was so empowering. It was like, Oh no. Cause I had, I had done a lot of that where, you know, you treat people really well and you don't treat yourself. And I've had that conversation with others. And, you know, when I was doing my childhood abuse healing workshop, we talked about that but this was the first time that I kind of saw it in a different light. Like, you know, I had improved it a lot, but that right. one was huge. And I shut well, we that never voice stop down. Learning. Isn't that beautiful? I love it. I we never stop learning. We yes. should never stop. If you stop learning, there's something <laughs> wrong. <laughs> exactly. Just like, I don't believe we truly ever heal. I think we learn how to manage this stuff, you know, and uh, I, don't, I, I don't know. I feel like I healed. I, I remember someone saying to, to me, well, it, you really cope well. And I'm like, no, I'm not really coping. I really feel healed. I really feel good. I feel yeah. joyful, happy. I I don't feel the pain anymore, you know, because yes. I don't, I don't visit it. I don't, right. I, I really do believe we can heal. And I, and I don't, I think that we manage when we're still like in the beginning process of healing, then we're kind of coping because coping's better than not coping at all, right? So that's right. a step up on that ladder. But I do believe there's complete healing. I do, I do. I, and 
maybe there's ways that you kind of maybe, you know, you have a slip back or you're like, oh, and you don't feel good about yourself in it. But when you know, when you have the tools, then you can, oh, wait a minute, let me get back to the basics. Because I'll tell you that I sometimes go right back to the beginning of my course and say, I'm going to take this course Mm -hmm. because I've been feeling a little down, you know, why do I feel down? I don't know, but I won't give that. I won't try to figure out too much why I'm feeling down because when you focus too much on the problem, and I feel like that's one of the reasons I didn't want to go to therapy because I knew they would have me talk too much about Mm-hmm. what it happened, why, all the whys, all the what happens, all the focus mm-hmm. on the problem. And then here, here's some medication, not that therapy is wrong. I'm not saying therapy is wrong. But for you, it was the right thing. Wrong. Right. I right. wanted to heal. I didn't want to take pills to feel better. I didn't want to go talk about what I've been through for years. Right. You know, because I know friends who have done that and it didn't get them anywhere. It's more trauma. Right. Exactly. So, but I do believe that there is complete healing. I do. I I truly believe that. I I think, and I guess I just threw that out there and I didn't kind of explain. I do believe that you have a measure of healing for me. I know I've definitely had measures of healing a lot. I think for me, in my case, like my abuse started as long as I've known, like, I, I don't remember a time that I didn't have abuse as a child really. And so, or some form of it going on. And so it changed, of course, who I am and it affects me still. So here's an example. So yes, I, my life, and like you were explaining earlier about how you just didn't imagine how well you're, you know, how beautiful your life is right now. The same thing here. Like I started imagining the beautiful life that I wanted to have, but it's, more beautiful than what I have. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and I, that's wonderful. I'm so glad to hear that. So here's an example. So, um, I still get triggered. Right. But the difference is the difference is I recognize the trigger and then I manage it. Nice. And this happened a few months ago and, and it was, the awareness was so huge and, and it really helped me. And so I take a trigger that used to spin me out for days, if not longer to one that, Oh, this lasted all of a minute. Right. Literally, literally like, as soon as I realized it and I was, and I've, I've shared this story, but I, it was something that was going on and my husband was in the car with me and and I was, I was just spewing. And I realized at that moment, I'm like, cause nothing made sense in my head. It was, it was like, I was spinning. It was chaos and I don't have chaos in my life now. Right. And I, I just looked over him and I said, I am clearly being triggered. Right. The stuff going through my head and the stuff coming out of my mouth, make no sense, no logic. And so the thing that I said that we're going to do when I was in the middle of my trigger we're not right. going to do that. We're right. going to do this over here. So that's what I mean. That's what I mean yes. by managing it, you know? Yeah. And so I would say that I am healed from it, but it still pops up. Right. And I have the tools, like you were saying, right. on how to manage it. And I don't put a lot of thought into it, right? You're right. You're absolutely right. I didn't sit and go, why was I triggered? Why did I? Right. I just, oh, this is clearly a trigger and we need to right. do something different. I don't need to spend what I'm learning too is not putting a story behind everything. Right. We don't right. always need a story behind everything. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yes. And uh, recognizing having tools 
all those things are just wonderful and empowering. And I'm empowering. so glad that that you have that. And like you said, you didn't sit and focus on it for too long because um, anything you focus on, you focus on lack, you get more lack. You focus on joy, you get more joy. It, and it's, mm-hmm. you know, that is true. I mean, there's a whole lot more to learn about it, but there's the basic facts. Yeah. And and even science has proved that. Absolutely. And, be, and being mm-hmm. grateful, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you always have to start somewhere because I can remember in the midst of craziness, right? I would just be thankful that I got up that morning. Yeah. If I had yeah. to start there, I'm, I'm thankful that I had a bed that I woke up, you know, like start yeah. going there. You know, Sometimes like, and- you do have to start. <laughs> Sometimes you do. You have to dig for those and, and you can dig if you, if it's your bed and it's your bed, you know, if whatever it is, there has to be something, something, you know, and I, and, and I'm going to give this story real quick, because this is a really good example of kind of what you were talking about earlier. And, um, I was driving to work one day, this was 20 plus years ago and not in a good place, not in a good place. I had had some healing, but not, not anything like I do today. And, um, I was meditating, literally meditating on just how crappy everything was at the moment. And I was focusing on all the negative, right? By the time I drove into the parking garage, I so badly wanted to turn around and just run away, right? I had spun myself out. I parked my car and I just said, you know what? I can't do this. I cannot go into work like this. I cannot do this. And it just hit me. Be grateful you need to be grateful. Right. And so I sat in my car for a few minutes and out loud, I just started talking about the things that I was grateful for. And then, and I went to work early in the morning, which is really good because there was no one around (laughs) because literally on the way into work under my breath out, you know, I was speaking, but I, but low, and I was all the way into work talking about, I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for that. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. And by the time I sat down in my seat, I was in a completely different place. Yes. Yeah. And it can happen. It that can was happen. huge. Yeah, that is huge. And, and a lot of time, because you knew the tools, you right. were able to do that. Cause a lot of times it's very hard to jump Pull from one out. end of the spectrum to the next. Uh, for instance, when you're depressed, anger is actually better than depression. So if you're, if you're angry mm. after depression, you're like, Oh, well, that's a step up that spectrum because now you're starting to take a little power back. True. Right. First True. I was depressed. Now I'm angry. So mm-hmm. it's just a little bump off the spectrum, but it is a t- jump. And right. most people say, well, it's, it's terrible to be angry. Well, not, not if you come from a place of depression. So <laughs> you, you, you know what I mean? So it's right. kind of, there's, there's increments in where you can move up. Right. And uh, luckily for you, you knew the tools and you were able to do it quite quickly. You know, and sometimes there, there's a bigger process, you know, when someone's very new at it. But right. then when you do know the tools, you are able to do something like that and change right. your day around. And that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, of course, I had to do that numerous times before I kind of worked through some of that. Because, yeah, I'm, you know, I was depressed and it was it was I was in a really bad place and it was oh. not fun and it did not feel good. And the difference from where how I felt driving into that parking garage to how I felt sitting at that chair was night and day and that was an eye-opener for me and I've used that over the years I I'm always grateful for everything in my life right the good yeah. and the bad 
Right. Absolutely. We need contrast. We can't, right. we can't know what we don't, what we want if we don't know what we don't want. Right. Correct. Right. And, and you, how can we be grateful for something if we haven't, you know, right. <laughs> had a loss or whatever, yeah, you yeah. know? Absolutely. Yeah. So contrast is very important to our growth. Right. And, our, and learning our desires, you know? So, well, thank you so much. This has been really great. Why yes, don't you tell everyone is. how they can reach you if someone wants a mindset coach or if they want. Um, you can just go to shirleybuck.com. Uh, my, the name of my business is Red Leaf Alternative Healing. Um, but if you go to shirleybuck.com, it'll bring you right to my website. You, you're able to schedule a call with me if you like, and we can talk about the course. Uh, my book will be coming out. Um, October 4th, I keep mm -hmm. forgetting because it was supposed to be in September and it kind of got bumped up a little bit, but October 4th is the release date of the okay. book, Sweet Freedom Whispered in My Ear. That'll be available on Amazon and I believe Barnes and Noble, but definitely Amazon. And um, I have a private community group on Facebook. It's Red Leaf Healing, not Red Leaf Alternative Healing, just Red Leaf Healing. That's a private Facebook group that I blog on, you know, and we it's just a beautiful community right now i'm up to like 650 people and wow in my community yeah and nice. uh yeah it's it's really a beautiful thing i only started it in january so it's really been wow pretty quickly yeah that's awesome and so what is the what do you do in the community is it do they interact with each other or uh, they don't interact as much as i'd like but they do interact um I, you know, you have those top contributors that are always interacting, which is yeah. wonderful. I'm always grateful for them. But uh, I, th I think a lot of people read what I blog and I talk about all kinds of things. Um, and I think it's helpful. And if somebody reaches out at, uh, uh, and asks the group a question, then yes, people interact. I also okay. have Friday... Um, Friday fulfillment, like just tell me your wins, whether it's small, mm. big, what, what is your little win? What's your big win? This, you know, and people interact there. So it, it's, it's a really, it's a nice little community. Nice. And that's Red Leaf Healing. Red Leaf Healing on Facebook. Yeah. It's a group, not a page. So you have to look Got it up it. in your group. Right. So those are the ways to, to interact and, and talk to me. I'd love to help anyone who has any questions. Absolutely. Great. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for sharing your story. It's not easy sharing our stories. I mean, yeah. the first episode of mine is my story. Right. It's the first time I've shared. So it's not always easy, but um, it always touches someone. Absolutely. And that's what's important. That's exactly. what's But thank you so much for having me on. I, I really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much. It was so, so nice talking to you. Yeah, it was a great conversation. Thank you so much. Absolutely.